Bernard Shaw said once, this one-liner, the statistics of death are quite impressive. One out of one people die. A few weeks ago, one of my grandchildren was exposed to death for the very first time on the school playground. A 12-year-old boy collapsed right in front of her, and Amy immediately ran to get the teacher. The nurse was there in no time at all, applied CPR, but in no time uh, the little boy died in the ambulance on the way to the hospital. A 12-year-old boy, his life snuffed out suddenly on the playground. You can guess what the topic of conversation around the family table that night was. It gave Amy's parents the opportunity to talk to their children about death, how real it is, and how we Orthodox Christians look at it in Christ as not the end, but as the beginning of life. And the thought also came to me after I heard this, without our faith in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, what, what do you tell kids when they come to you with something like this? What sort of meaning does a secular society offer a child faced with, with, with such a pointless death? And what do parents do when they have no religious faith and their children come to them asking those difficult questions about where grandpa, grandma has gone? People need to know that life has meaning. They need to believe that life has purpose, that it isn't a huge joke that it does not end at age 12 or 30 or 60 or 80. So let's talk briefly this morning about the subject of death, especially in view of the miracle that Jesus performed in the Gospel lesson this morning, the raising of the only son of the widow of Nain. Much has been written recently about death by people like Dr. Kubler-Ross and many, many others. Dr. Raymond Moody, for example, a psychiatrist, tells in his book, Life After Death, of people who were clinically dead, and I'm sure you've read about this many times, being whisked away rapidly through a small, dark space like a cave or a tunnel. And at the end, there's a, a, a bright, indescribable light. And one woman describes this light as follows, quote, I felt myself being whisked through a long, dark tunnel. At the end of the tunnel, I saw a warm, glowing light, unlike anything I had ever seen before. And all around me were relatives and friends who had already died. Then the light asked me questions about how my life had been 
and almost in an instant I saw the whole of my life pass by in a flash, clear and in perfect detail. I felt so happy. I was not afraid at all. Close quotation. Now, what are we as Orthodox Christians to say about such experiences with death? Are they valid? Do they agree with the deposit of faith given to us by Jesus and the apostles? Well, the first thing we can say is that there is a strong cultural stamp on the visions these people see. For example, no Christian patient saw a Hindu God, and no Hindu ever saw Jesus. Christians testify to seeing Jesus while Hindus say that they, have, that they came face to face with Krishna. Everyone sees the light of heaven while no one testifies to seeing the darkness of hell. And this we know is contrary to the, to the deposit of faith given to us by Jesus who speaks of heaven and hell. And secondly, Dr. Moody makes clear this testimony that these people were rescued, all of them, from the edge of death. None of the reports comes from someone, says Dr. Moody, who has gone over death's brink to the point of no return. At best, they have, they have ventured these people as close to death as one can go and still return to talk about it. For this reason, Dr. Moody carefully re refers to these accounts in his book as near-death experiences. Near-death. Thus, while such experiences may give us some insight into what it is like to die, they say nothing, nothing conclusive about the hereafter. Now, the best evidence, the best way to convince a skeptic would be to show him a well-documented case where a person had no vital signs of life for a prolonged period of time, say, three days and three nights, then came back to give us a report. Now, we Christians do have such a person who not only brought Lazarus from the dead, and Lazarus, as you recall, had been dead four days and four nights, but also himself came back from the dead after three days. He is our evidence. Our faith in life hereafter cannot be proved by scientific research at all. If it could, then it would no longer be a matter of faith. The only certain, certain, certain evidence we have for the existence of life beyond the grave is the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is our greatest proof 
and we have none other. A few weeks ago, an Orthodox Christian wife and mother died, and on her deathbed, she knew that death was right there coming to her. She spoke these words, which every Orthodox Christian should speak. She said to a friend, Christ is risen. I'm afraid of dying, but Christ is risen. What we are being told about death and dying these days is not really all that helpful to us Christians. If we are looking for real encouragement and real comfort, we still have to look elsewhere, beyond Dr. Moody and beyond Dr. Kubler-Ross. We need to keep looking at God's Word in Holy Scripture. 1 Corinthians 15.20, Paul says, But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man will also come the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ shall all be made alive. And 2 Corinthians 4.14, Paul again, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us into his presence. If we believe in Jesus and his resurrection. We can forget all about these things we're hearing today about the white light and tunnels and the strange things that people experience when they go through that experience of death and come back. I don't mean that this information is totally without value, but there is something much, much, much more helpful those who believe in Jesus and who have died and risen with Him in holy baptism are no longer slaves to the fear of death and to its power. As we read in the book of Hebrews, through His death, Jesus destroyed Him who has the power of death and delivered all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong bondage. Hebrews 2.14 So a Christian is not encouraged because he has heard that dying will be easy with that bright light and so on. But he is encouraged because he knows that when he dies, Jesus will be there and Jesus will take him by the hand and lead him to a place especially prepared for his loved ones. He himself said so. I go to prepare a place for you, that where I am, there you may be. I share with you the words that you heard in the Gospel lesson this morning about the resurrection of the son of the widow of Nain. 
as Jesus drew near to the gate of the city. Behold, a man had died and was being carried out, the only son of his mother. When the Lord saw her, the mother, he had compassion on her and said to her, Do not cry. Then he touched the casket and said, Young man, I say to you, Arise! And the dead man sat up and began to speak, and Jesus gave him to his mother. Why, we ask, why didn't this young man have anything to say about life after death? when he came back, not from the deathbed, but from the very gates of the cemetery? And why didn't Lazarus have anything to say about death after having spent four days and nights in the tomb? Perhaps St. Paul has the answer when he writes, I has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it ever entered into the heart of man what things God has prepared for those who love Him. How can anyone describe something that is indescribable? Let us pray. We thank you, Lord, for the intimations of life after death that researchers are discovering. They strengthen our faith in what you have already told us about eternal life. Help us so to believe and so to live that this eternal life may be ours, since it is only those who live and believe in you who receive this indescribably beautiful life as a gift. We pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.